Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Hello and welcome to episode five of Rock That Relationship with Corey and Tracy. We're here for another fun-filled episode of talking about relationships, how to keep them, sustain them, make them, and what to do maybe when they get rocky and rough. So today we're excited to talk about our uh, fourth component of our eight ideas of things that make relationships work. Uh, at the very first episode, Tracy and I shared our each of us our four things that we have learned out of relationships that are kind of key takeaways of things that we want to make sure we do in the future to keep those relationships good, positive, productive, and healthy. And so we're on the topic of the value of therapy and personal growth work. Now, this is a really good one when we talk about this to, you know, as we go into our relationships, whether they're the ones that we're creating and, you know, just starting or even ones that we've been in for a long time, how do we bring our best selves into those relationships and then connect the people that were there? So Tracy, maybe you can get us started off and talking about what is this idea of personal growth work or self-awareness and, and how does it really fit into the topic we're talking about today? Well, th- there's therapy, which, you know, could be considered with a professional therapist, a licensed therapist, you know, a PhD therapist or a licensed marriage and family therapist or a personal counselor. And then there's, you know, self-awareness and personal growth. So I think both of them need to be go hand in hand. You know, I think a lot of people love therapy and there's a lot of people who don't know what it's about and don't trust it or worried, you know, that they're going to be analyzed and, and like, I don't know what judged or something like that, but the reality is we all need that. We all need to look at ourselves and our behavior and um, everything that's going on with that. And I've gone through this journey, both with therapists and with personal growth. So I think after something traumatic, like a breakup happens or a rocky relationship while you're in it, you should do that self-awareness and personal growth. And, you know, both you and I have done it by therapy, reading books, listening to podcasts. You have a much more extensive list than I do about crystals and psychics and tarot card (laughs) readings and things like that. I mean, I think all of that is helpful, right? Because you're, you're even with the crystals and the tarot card readings and all that's a form of spirituality, which is a form of looking at something bigger than yourself, but yourself within that framework. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Well, and I mean, I think that that's really the key is whatever it is, it's becoming more aware of who you are and how you show up in a relationship. I mean, I know for, for both of us, we've gone through and we've been, you know, doing individual therapy for, for a while. I've been doing it through um, a couple of relationships and I find it incredibly helpful to figure out what is my own baggage and triggers and those things that are coming up. But I think the part that you hit on that I, that I really resonate with. And I, I know that you and I have taken a little bit of different paths in our healing processes after breakups, but they really kind of come back to the central point of just kind of this personal growth. I want to be better and do better in the next relationship. And so, you know, for me, that's some therapy, but a lot of it is also kind of getting in tune with my spirituality, a lot of self-exploration, this past relationship that I got out of about a year ago, uh, I really went through like the spiritual enlightenment and it was, um, you know, and it's certainly a journey that I've not 
completed. I don't know that you can complete it, but that I opened up some kind of portals and some ideas about how I show up and who, what I believe spiritually. And that has made me much more self-aware of, of kind of who I am, but also what I'm looking for. I mean, what do, you, is, do you think that's different than like your past breakups? Like, have you pursued a different path? Do you think that's because of age? Do you think that's because of wisdom? Or do you think it's because, you know, you're looking for something more? I mean, I think age and looking for something more, right? As we approach what could be our, our end, we, we want to get more spiritual. Or do you think that that's like a better way to cope with things? No, I think it's a great question because I didn't really get into all of this stuff until this recent breakup. And so for me, I'm wondering if the breakup itself was the impetus to do what I might've already done, you know, in a few years from now, just simply age, right? This, Mm -hmm. what is bigger out there? How do I make meaning of my life? Do I really want to go through the rest of my life in a certain way? I mean, there's also a little bit of a midlife crisis there too, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of looking at myself and saying, is this how I want to communicate? Is this how I want to show up? Is this how I want to interact with people? Is this how I want to love myself? And the only way I can ask those questions is if I know those answers about myself, right? I don't know if I want to continue communicating a certain way, if I don't know already how I communicate. And so for me, it was kind of understanding those elements of myself and then bringing in the spirituality is saying, how does that fit with kind of the bigger, you know, kind of universe ways of how I see the world and and how I come to be. And I think one of those biggest growth pieces as we talk about, you know, uh, self-exploration is, uh, you know, really looking at this element of positive energy. And we've talked about this in previous podcast sessions, but really um, I had to ask myself from a spiritual sense, how do I want to be? And being more positive, being more hopeful and optimistic is definitely something that I really wanted, but I had to dig deep to figure out what was preventing me from doing that for all of these years. What is the impetus for doing it now? And why am I doing it right? How am I going to be connected to a greater uh, kind of a greater universe? But that all came from this kind of self-exploration and personal growth until I knew who, you know, started to know who I was in those realms. I wasn't at all ready to kind of go out and do that work. Well, and do you think that that happens because you also have to ask the question, how do I want to be treated? I mean, I I think for me, I have to ask the question, how do I want to be? How do I want to show up? And also, how do I want to be treated? You know, um, I've had an issue that I've worked on in therapy for a long time of putting my life on the back burner for other people's lives. And then being in a relationship and saying, I don't want to be on the back burner anymore, even though maybe I really love that person. I really want to be in that relationship. It, it creates difficulty that then you're going to need therapy to discuss that. I think, you know, with the other person is how do I need to be in this relationship? What do I need to get out of it? And what does the other person need to get out of it? Right, right. I mean, and that's the thing is we're talking about understanding yourself, understanding your needs, understanding, do you want to give others what they need if that's not really who you are and what you're looking for? And that takes a lot of personal exploration, personal growth. And, you know, you mentioned before, you know, individual therapy, and certainly, you know, that is very useful. Some people find it, you know, incredibly helpful to to make meaning of childhood history, maybe past traumas. Um, things that you might be bringing from one relationship to the next, but there's a lot of things that you can do outside of the actual formal therapy to get at what we're talking about is kind of the self-discovery, right? You've mentioned a lot about readings and, uh, you know, doing reading books and 
podcasts and, you know, seminars, you and I have both done like online seminars. We've signed up for these zoom seminars and learned about ourselves and, you know, have done, you know, a number of, of, uh, readings and sharing podcasts. I mean, what is one of the, the most, uh, kind of profound self-exploration, I guess, podcast or book or anything, something that you've come across in exploring who you are that you think has been most helpful for you? That's a really big question. I don't, I mean, for me, where we are right now, it's been mostly breakup stuff, right? The breakup bestie and get over your ex. And it's not just get over your ex, they suck, or, you know, they're the worst or anything like that. It's about looking at yourself. What do you want in your life? How do you get that? And then how do you incorporate a person into that? You know, and I I do want to go back to talking about formal therapy, why are people afraid of it? You and I are, you know, real fans of therapy, right? I've been going to therapy probably, probably start, I started in college and I've gone on and off and I've lived all over the country and I've had different therapists around the country, but there's a lot of people who don't understand it or like it, you know? And I think that's because they've either, either had a bad experience with somebody they don't understand that you do need to seek out like somebody that you're actually going to click with. Right. I think that people mm-hmm. think, okay, I go and I hire a therapist and it should be great. Well, that doesn't work a lot of times. You really have to, it's the same as coaching, right? If you're looking for a coach, you've got to find somebody that you click with, that you feel comfortable with. And something I learned about in, you know, having been married to a psychologist and then having a very good, you know, psychologist myself, a PhD therapist is that you have to trust that person. And I, probably didn't trust, truly trust the therapist until the one that I have now, like to actually feel that I can rely on that person, you know? And I think there's a lot of people where there are trust issues that come from their childhood, come from, you know, not being able to trust those people in their lives close up. So why would they trust this person? And I think a lot of people I've heard have this cynical view that, oh, I'm just paying this person. They're only listening to me because I'm paying them. And if you feel that way, it may be because you don't have a therapist that is truly invested or, you know, there's something in you, right. That's blocking you from being able to, to access that relationship a fear in yourself. Right. I think a lot of cynicism is really just based in fear. And if you don't go to formal therapy or you don't read all these books, like I've mentioned before, toxic parents. Um, I mean, there's a million self-help or self-awareness materials out there, right? Journaling, doing things like that, formal things that, that you can just go to the bookstore, you know, buy off of Amazon that can help you work through these things. But I will tell you, before I got married to a psychologist, I really found a lot of that was BS, okay? Because I was a cop before and cops are known to be pretty hard-headed and you know, nothing bothers me and put everything in a box. And it's not that I need everything to bother me, but the reality is each person is formed from the beginning, right? And when you're an infant, you you think you're not aware of stuff. Infants are learning so much stuff as they go and they're being influenced by what's happening around them. I mean, do you see what I'm saying? Or am I, do you think I'm talking nonsense? (laughs) 
Well, I think that you're one of the people who had some kind of a breakthrough or epiphany that went from kind of this anti-therapy, anti-self-growth in this formalized way to someone who really has embraced it. And I know there's other people out there that are sort of stumbling upon this at the beginning or thinking, there's no way I'm going to do this. And so, you know, what I would say to that is when I was going through my most recent breakup, I actually had my therapist that I had been seeing for many, many, many years already. So it, you know, it was kind of transitioned very nicely to talk with her and I built a trusting relationship, but I, I also, um, I also hired a breakup coach. I know that sounds, you know, silly to some folks, but I actually got, uh, you know, she was, she was also a therapist, but her specialty was in breakups and, she and I would talk on, you know, alternate days to my therapist. So my therapist and I were exploring kind of some of those long-term patterns of, you know, how I communicate, how I engage in conflict, you know, how I try to fix people, these kinds of things. I don't deal well with change, you know, so we were getting to the deep issues, but my breakup coach was just literally talking to me about what is it that I want from myself in this process? And what do I want in the future? And that was also self-exploration. I had never considered because sometimes it's really, really good to go deep and try to figure out the history of where things come from. And other times it's really good to just see things in the moment. And that breakup coach was great for me to say, what is happening right now in who you are and how you're experiencing this breakup. And between the two of them who never met each other, I had a profound experience so much so that, you know, after about four sessions with the breakup coach, she broke up with me. She said, I don't think you need me anymore. Go back just to your therapist. But, you know, so I think what is important, what you're talking about, Tracy, is sort of figuring out who those trusting relationships are. How do you develop that? You know, if it's a, a formal therapeutic kind of intervention, or if it's just, you know, kind of going in and, and reading these books, but there's a lot of resources out there and you're not alone. I'm not alone. I have I have just stacks of self-help breakup books, manifesting books, how not to die alone, which was one of my favorites. Um, you know, all these books to kind of get me, you know, through things. I even read a, a book called, um, hashtag FML. It's uh, basically about a woman who went through a breakup and she tells her really funny kind of autobiography. And I was like, it wasn't self-help, but it was just like, I'm not alone. I want to listen to this. Right. And that made me think like, I can see myself in her and it helped me discover things about myself. So the resources are just almost infinite in so many ways, but the bottom line is it takes commitment. It takes commitment to say, I am going to develop myself. And these are some of the things that I'm going to do to reach and dig deep, whether I'm in a relationship, I'm getting out of one, or I'm single and I'm not in one yet. There is no better time than now to build on your personal growth. And I think that that goes for your entire life, right? Like, and also those things aren't mutually exclusive. So you could do the breakup coach and a therapist at the same time. It's not like, oh, well, I better just go to my breakup coach you know, I don't want to deal with deeper issues. You can do both because right. all of those things are present at the same time. And I think that that's something I, it's interesting because I'm sure the self-help industry is enormously, you know, successful and there's so much out there. I mean, they have their, if you were to go to a regular bookstore, which I'm not sure those even exist anymore, but um, you know, there's whole sections, right. Just for self-help or, or self-help or growth but you also need that reflection, I think, to sit with a therapist on a long-term basis to really understand what happened as you were growing up, you know, especially if you have a history of trauma and how that trauma turns into baggage and how that baggage is not unpacked, but simply dragged along behind you. 
And that's where I guess I am now is in the past year, I've done a lot of that unpacking and understanding. And it did take, I think, getting divorced and like actually sitting by myself in my house with just, you know, the therapist, right? I mean, not my therapist wasn't at my house, but like I talked to her once a week, but in between that time of talking to the therapist, you've got to do a lot of work. You have to do a lot of reflection and, and looking at yourself and trying to identify patterns. Are there patterns? You know, I think that's very important. Therapists can be very helpful with that. Things that we can't see. I mean, have you ever, like, has anyone else, a therapist or the breakup coach pointed out patterns to you? Oh yeah. And as a matter of fact, there were a couple of things where they both pointed out the same pattern. Mm. And you and, didn't even talk to that breakup coach for that long. No, no. And they both picked up on it. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so for me now it's now I have something to learn more about on my off time. I remember when I was a kid, I actually took guitar lessons and I'd have a guitar lesson once a week and I would go and the teacher would, you know, teach me a song and I'd play it. And then she'd say, now make sure you practice all week and then I'll see you next week. And then I'd come back and she'd say, okay, go ahead and play the song for me. And I was like worse than I was the week before because I hadn't touched my guitar. Mm. That's kind of like what therapy is for me. So therapy is the practice though. Like you can't just go to the therapy session once a week and be like, well, that's good. What I would do is I would go to a therapy session. I would, I would identify a pattern or identify something that was going on. And then during that week in between, I could research it on my own. I would find podcasts and find books and things that helped me understand it better. So when I came to my next session, it was almost like I had done my homework. I had practiced and I kept doing that. And it, it doesn't always take a formal therapist again to, to do these things, but it helped me kind of create a framework for, you know, in my case, it was a breakup healing plan that I had. I'm type A. So having a healing plan was very important for me, but, um, but therapy was part of that plan, but I couldn't have done it with therapy alone. You, I mean, that would have been like, just again, showing up with just my right. guitar and saying, Oh, I think I'm going to try to play this song now. Um, so I think, yeah. So I think it was important for them to identify those patterns, but it was important for me to be able to research that stuff on my own too. Well, and that's the other thing people say, oh my gosh, therapy is so expensive or therapists are so expensive. Well, you can do it. A, it's worth it. Okay. It's worth the money. It really is. It is worth the money. And if you have insurance, oftentimes that will help with it, but it's like, okay, let's say you don't have any money, but you have a phone, you have an iPhone. There are so many resources out there. There's so many free podcasts. There's so, I mean, that's what's gotten me through this last breakup is well, you, you've been very helpful. Thank you, Corey. <laughs> and um, the breakup bestie and get over your ex coach, coach Dorothy. I mean, there's all kinds of free resources. And then there's things like Scribd, which I love. And I know you do too, which is like eight ninety nine a month. And you can get practically any book on any subject that you want. And it's audio a lot of times. So, you know, as we know, if you have a breakup, you need to get out there and make yourself look good. You need to be exercising and all that. And you can be listening to a book on tape or a podcast all about these things, right? It's it's amazing once you start to look for the resources, what's out there. You can literally type in, you know, certain issues. There could be certain issues in that relationship that you, you know, attachment issues, substance abuse issues, you know, codependence, self-esteem, all kinds of things. You're going to find resources on it. Yeah. Well, and you know, one of the things that I did too, that I thought was interesting is um, I joined like a healing circle 
a women's healing circle. And so I would get on zoom and I would jump in and we'd all talk about kind of what was going on in our lives and people would provide ideas and support, ask us questions. So that was also a really great place for personal growth and learning for me just to kind of think, Oh, these are outsiders who have no idea what's going on. And they're just here listening to me and they're asking me questions and pointing out things that I might not have thought about before. Did you, how'd you find that? And did you find it creepy? Um, I found it on, on meetup, which again, I'm a big advocate of meetup because I love all the different ways you can connect with people, but, um, no, I didn't find it creepy at all. I found it really empowering. Um, I didn't, I didn't share the first time that I went because I was kind of like gauging the group and I wanted to mm-hmm. listen in, but I found that they were a really nice community and they were really kind to each other and very supportive. And I thought this is a really safe space. It felt safe to me. Now I'm sure that there are situations where maybe there is something kind of, you know, odd going on. Anytime you're with any kind of a group of people you don't know, and you're being vulnerable, that is, you know, kind of a trust thing. But for me, I found it really useful. So some people might find that they can learn a lot about themselves and have almost that therapeutic intervention by sitting with people who start off as strangers and then, you know, eventually like- build a community. So what did you type in a meetup to find that? Do you remember? Like, um, I think I typed in words. I typed in healing circle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or women's Mm -hmm. circle or, Mm -hmm. um, breakup or heartbreak. And you can just find things. Sometimes you find them by the entire group, like an Mm -hmm. entire group that's dedicated to that. And sometimes you find it as an event in a group, but I found that to be really useful. Is that just like local? So it's in our town or is this something, are these, you're just zooming. So people are jumping on from all over the country or possibly even the world. Yeah. I mean, it could be really either of them. If you have a local group that does this, it may be that if you also find that you are, you know, in a, in a national pool of people, you might find people from all over the place in there. So, I mean, obviously if it's, if it's online, but I need to give you my phone so you can type these things in. It seems <laughs> like when I phone. type them in, I don't find them, but no, you know, you find like, again, you find I'm like bowling, bowling for vegetarians or something. Yeah. Uh-huh. Vegans. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, thank I you. know. Vegans, vegans. So let's talk a little bit about, um, so, you know, we've talked about a couple, you know, various ways and, and our kind of opinions on the ways in which things have worked for us in order to kind of create self-awareness and growth, just to kind of recap talked a lot about individual therapy as being, you know, something that you do kind of amongst other things, self-exploration and development with like readings and podcasts, books, seminars, maybe healing circles. We talked about coaching, you know, we talked about breakup coaching, but you could also look at like life coaching and executive coaching mm-hmm. um, that can be helpful. And then we also, you know, mentioned really briefly, Tracy mentioned re- um, journaling and reflection and some people find that really useful. Um, I used to say death by journaling, um, but I have since kind of rescinded that. I found journaling actually quite helpful, um, but I had to have very, I couldn't just free write. I couldn't just open up some Padlet and sit down and write. I had to have some prompt questions. So I downloaded mm-hmm. things from the internet where it was like, you know, break up reflection questions. And then I answered them and it made me feel a little bit more structured, but lots of ways you can do this, um, you know, personal growth. And I'm sure there's many more. These are just the ones I know that resonated with us. Um, but, you know, Tracy, you and I had a really different approach to kind of our personal growth journeys post breakup. What, um, you know, I mean, we're both into personal growth, even when we're in relationships, it's not any different, but post breakup, we had really different approaches. Um, talk a little bit about your approach. How did you decide which of these things to do to kind of grow and learn about yourself? Well, I would say that I took, a uh, no approach an unscripted approach. I just kind of do whatever. <laughs> I need to do that day. I mean, therapy. Okay. That was a must for me. That was an absolute must. 
Um, and I had that therapist during my marriage. So I kept the therapist and honestly, and I told her the other day, like she was a lifesaver for me. No joke. Like, I mean, really, truly got me through some of the hardest times in my life, but I don't, I just don't have your come brain. So I didn't sit down and think, okay, what are the things I can do? I kind of just was like, Oh my gosh, I have to walk my dogs. And, you know, so I would search in a podcast that I could listen to while I was watching the walking the dogs. And I think that that's, I mean, that's pretty much what I did. I, I listened to the podcast, the breakup podcast. I got on scribd. I like that a lot. I mean, there's, there's a book club that I love that or a podcast is called celebrity book club. And that's, you know, they just review all these celebrities books And like you said, you find out you're not alone. So you think of a celebrity and they must have had the greatest life because they've gone to Hollywood and they're living large. And then you listen to like somebody like Drew Barrymore's or, you know, um, oh my gosh, Demi Moore's autobiography. And it's like, if those people survive what they survived, I can survive what, what I'm going through. And I think that there is a thing about kinship in suffering, you know, or, it doesn't even have to be suffering. I mean, we're kind of fixated on breakups right now, but anything, right? I mean, any family relationships, like I think, again, therapy is just so important because it will allow you to look at yourself and see where did I come from? Where do I want to go? Then the podcasts, then the books. And I did go to a psychic once and that's because you, and I'm really glad that I did. And I'm going to go back and I did the tarot card once that I like the tarot cards, but the rest of it is a little bit, not my thing. So I think, you know, here's another thing for everybody. Just try whatever. Does it hurt? Did you feel like it hurt you to try any of these things? No. I mean, I did so many things. I had this healing plan and I had all this stuff written down on how I was going to do everything from sage the house after my breakup to you know, going and I, I actually felt like I'm going to look better. So I'm going to go like get my teeth whitened and I'm going to have better self-esteem because, and I, you know, and like I did all these things on this plan. It was like this bizarro checklist. And I felt like as I was moving through them, I was like, oh yes, therefore I am this much healed. And um, really what ended up happening was more of what you're talking about is this kind of rabbit hole, like, oh, here's a cool podcast. And then I listened to this great podcast. I really liked it. And at the end, this woman's like, you know, check out my blog. So I got on her blog and she was from some, um, you know, kind of counseling and therapy and wellness center in Colorado. And I was like, Oh, I wonder what that's about. So I clicked on it and that's how I found my breakup coach. And, you know, so it was kind of like this, this, this rabbit hole thing. And I kind of abandoned some of the original stuff and I ended up doing a lot more spiritual stuff. Um, some I found more helpful than others, but, um, but I think, you know, going back to this idea of personal growth, really it's for me, it was a, just a compilation of all of these things together that made it so that I was able to grow and develop um, and continue to. So my, my idea in my plan, especially embracing more spirituality is this um, be open to those things that come upon you to help you grow and develop because you never know what those things might be. And that for me has been the best learning, which is just be open. And if it means go to a tarot card reader once, great. I went and got Reiki. I got acupuncture. I did, I did all these things to try to figure out a little bit more how I could be in touch with my spirituality and how I could grow and learn. So I think it's, it's really a personal preference, but you hit it on the head is say, yes, 
say yes to all these things. And then just try them, try it once, see if you like it, see if it's helpful to you. I know a lot of people do energy healing. They love it. And there's a lot of people, including my best friend who say a lot of the things I'm doing are kooky right now, but whatever, it's not hurting me. It's not hurting anybody. And maybe I'll get something helpful out of it. I mean, I feel like I already have. And another thing that I did was just really reached out to my friends. I mean, I'm really into Facebook and I'm really into seeing that I have a huge support network and that is so, so important. You know, who are my friends? Who are there for me? And how am I engaging with them? You know, the the best thing to do is to not, if we're talking about a breakup with a romantic person is not to get isolated, right? Everybody goes mm-hmm. through this. It sucks. It's horrible, you know, and it's the same with a friend breakup, right? Even if you, if things have come to, it's not working with a friend that feels horrible, right? So you can try. And I think we're going to talk about it in another podcast. Like how much do you try, right? You can put in your effort, but if it comes to the point where things aren't working and you have to let go of that, you need to find ways to move forward. Well, and, you know, tying that, you know, back to that personal growth is sometimes those conversations with our, our friends and our support structures provide us, you know, an opportunity to A, not be in isolation and B, be socially connected, but C, that other part that we don't talk about is learning about ourselves through conversation with others. There are questions that you, you know, Tracy, you've asked me when I've been pondering and pontificating about all sorts of things. And you might ask me one question or point out something I had never thought about myself. And, you know, then I'll go back and I'll spend all night, you know, looking on the internet for books and podcasts and everything about that particular thing. So sometimes the people closest to us can be mirrors of the things that we need to actually see in here so we can learn about ourselves too. So that's more of an informal, um, you know, kind of reflection than, than necessarily maybe that formal therapeutic every week, but you're getting therapy every day, whether you like it or not, as long as you're talking with your loved ones about things that matter. Well, and a Russian woman once said to me, why do I need a therapist? I have friends. You know, you Americans need your therapist, but we have friends. (laughs) And I mean, it's very similar, right? I mean, I'm going to go to therapy, but then it's going to give me things to talk about with my friends. And my (laughs) friends are informal therapists, you know, and frankly, you know, you brought up journaling. I'll never journal. And I'll tell you why, because a friend died. And um, after she passed away, all of her ex-girlfriends and friends, we were at her house and they were going through all of her journals and reading them. And they were about... There was a lot about them in there. It was very upsetting. And, you know, having been a cop, I've been in many dead people's homes right when they're there dead and people go through their stuff and I'm just not going to put that down. And I think that's what people need to decide. Are they comfortable with? So I'm kind of verbal journaling all the time with my friends. I don't feel comfortable writing that stuff down and leaving that in my home for somebody to read later. Right, right. Or some people will burn it and stuff. But I want to go back to your point. This is, you said you go to your, you know, would you say you, you go to your, um, your therapist so you can, you have things to talk about with your friends. See, I go to my friends. So I have things to talk about with my therapist. Right. Mm -hmm. And I say, wait a minute, hold on. This person pointed this out, but, um, well, but yeah, you can do both. It goes both ways, right? Exactly. Exactly. But I mean, the fact is, is, and I think what we're really hitting on here is it's important to, for, um, kind of ongoing personal growth and development. And there are many ways of achieving that depending on what it is that you're looking for. And, and, you know, Tracy and I have had very, you know, in some ways, similar paths of things that have worked for us. And then we've also had things that are just different that work for us. So, as we talk about this individual piece, right? That's important. But let's talk, you know, briefly about this idea of we know a little bit about ourselves. 
how do we make sure that we're on the same page as a partner? Um, you know, I've learned this about myself. I've learned these patterns or I've learned some baggage that I have, or I learned my triggers or I learned how I like to communicate. Um, I figured all that out. I've taken assessments online or I've processed it with a therapist or I've read about it. And I'm on the, you know, Enneagram number three, right? If you're interested in, in like a personality test, you can learn all about yourself, but then how do you make sure that you are, you know, in connection and growing alongside of a partner who also knows things about themselves is seeking personal growth and that you're doing it together. So I know Tracy, you've, you've talked about the book before eight dates really kind of, are you on the same page as your, as your partner? So kind of taking us back before we would break up and, you know, as we've been kind of, you know, couching things in a breakup mentality, but really this idea of what is it when you're in a relationship or getting into one that you need to know in terms of your own personal growth or who you are, to mesh with others. So what, what have you found out of eight dates that's been particularly useful? Well, I think one thing is just, it's never too soon to do that. You know, I mean, why do you want to waste your time? If we're talking about dating and I think friendships for a lot of the part, I don't want to waste my time anymore. Right? Like, let's get to the heart of the matter. Let's talk about things that are important. I don't want to talk about which coffee you like, you know what I mean? I think it's more important that we're going to talk about how do you want to go forward in this world? Are you a person who actually wants to grow and change? Are you a person that wants to stay stagnant? For me, I don't, it doesn't work for me to stay stagnant, you know? And I think that goes for friendships too, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As you grow, you want to be around people who are also growing and, you know, there's a bunch of things in the book. Basically that book is about, these are the things that you should talk about on your first eight dates, because these are the things that cause breakups, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the Gottman's people can go look them up and they have right on their website, the eight things that are the most important things because they've studied relationships in their relationship lab for like 40 years. And they put people in these labs and you know, they're supposed to act normal, even though they know cameras are on them and everything. But apparently they give enough clues with their rolling of their eyes and stuff like that, uh, that these people have figured out like patterns in relationships. And these things are things people need to figure out before they jump in. And, you know, I haven't always done that, of course. And I'm very good friends with two of my exes. So I think that's okay. But if I'm going forward with even friendships or dating in the future. I want to be on the same page from the get-go. And two things that are really important for me are what kind of dreams do you have for the future? What are the things that you want to do and your growth and spirituality? You know, I don't want to be with someone who's just kind of given up and just checked out and like, this is it, right? I want to always be doing new stuff. I want to be trying new stuff. I'm, it drives me kind of crazy. You meet people who are over 50 and it drives me nuts that they're kind of just done. I don't know if you've experienced that. It's not everybody, of course, but I think as long as we're alive, we need to be pushing the envelope. Well, and, and I think what you're talking about too is being very clear about what's important to you because you've done the self-work to figure out that you want to be with people who are active and who have you know, kind of ambitions and, you know, they, they want to learn and they want to grow, but that took work for you to figure out that that's what you mm-hmm. are like. That's what you, you identify with, but that's what you want in a partner. And so that helps you when you're talking to people and even, you know, like, as you mentioned friends, right. 
what is the purpose of friendship? You and I have had a, had many conversations about friendships, about really valuing kind of intellectual curiosity and finding people that we can have interesting conversations with and not just kind of, you know, humdrum day to day, which is fine, but we both know that enough about ourselves through our own self-work that when we're seeking out friendships, we're looking for people who are also intellectually curious. Um, I know from a dating perspective, one of the things that I've come to realize is that I'm highly communicative. I mean, I already knew that I was an extrovert, but I didn't realize how much um, contact I need from someone I'm dating. Um, you know, and again, unpacking all the reasons why, right? Mm-hmm. Self-worth and, you know, and reassurance or just interest and engagement. Um, but at the end of the day, I need it. I, right. I need that. I want that. And so if I'm dating someone and I don't hear from them for a week, it, it gets, you know, it doesn't align with what I'm looking for because I have done the self-work to know that that's what I want. So I want a partner who also wants that or can engage in that as well. So I think part of it is this compatibility piece. This eight dates really helps you say, what is it that I know about myself that I'm going to want in someone else? Yes. And I don't think you would ever go a week without hearing from someone you were dating. Let's back that up and say <laughs> perhaps two or three hours. <laughs> I think if, if I, you I, don't go from, two or three, I don't go two or three hours without hearing from you and I'm not even dating you. <laughs> exactly. If you were to date someone and didn't hear from them for a week, I'm pretty sure they'd be in Antarctica with no cell service. Although there are satellite phones there and I did work on Everest. So I know there are satellite phones and I even used them to call my girlfriend when I was there. Um, I'm pretty sure that a week you would believe the person was dead. It was over and you'd have already moved on. Well, that's so, probably let's, true. Exactly. So we'll, we'll maybe give it, we'll give, give it a few hours, but, right. but again, it, go, it comes back to that self-work, that therapy, the reading about myself, the learning about myself. So this is what I want in a partner because this is what I know about myself. And that's really, and again, it. there's nothing wrong with what you want, right? Unless you're no. like a pedophile or something, it's not wrong for you to want what you want. But it is not okay if you can't express that. And if you can't talk about it with the other person, right? If you're going to date someone, you should be able to talk to them about anything. That is my personal opinion. And if you don't like it, then we shouldn't be dating. Well, yeah. And I mean, the idea too is if, you know, I, you know, I say, here's what I need. And then that other person says, well, that's not who I am. You can know early on that that might not be a fit unless you're willing to let that go because you cannot control the other person. You cannot make them do things, but if you can live with it, then that's fine. Then you need to maybe talk to your therapist about coping strategies, but, um, but you can know early on, I think the point behind the eight dates is just kind of get this stuff out in the open. So you're aware of what it is that you're looking for and how you grow together, but you can't do that unless you've done the self work mm-hmm. and learning True. who you are. Right. So let's kind of finish off with the, the last thing is, okay. So we've talked a lot about the individual work. We've talked about the kind of sharing with your partner and being on the same page, but the last part is what do you do when you're in a relationship and you might notice an issue come up. It's not very serious quite yet, but it could really kind of escalate into something later on down the road. Um, you know, when we talk about therapeutic intervention, what, where's your, you know, stance on this, Tracy, in terms of what to do next? Well, as I've said before, I don't think it's too early ever to start with a therapeutic intervention, be it, okay, let's sit down and discuss these things. Just the two of us I've gone and I've looked on the internet and these are the things that they say are conflict or I'm on this eight dates website. Let's talk about these things. And I think that will become clear to you if you and that person can't talk. Like I said, it's not just about a dating relationship. If you can't talk with someone, if you can't communicate, if there's just no like getting in there, I I don't, it's, 
it's too difficult. And, and I think when you start those conversations that are real conversations, if one person is having to do all of the work, then you see, okay, this isn't going to go. This is not going to go well because it's a give and a take and a relationship is a give and a take. And you see people going to, to therapy. They've been together for eight years, but things have been bad for three or four years. Well, now that stuff is just entrenched and it's like, it's going to be much harder. I think there's this like, and I've had it said to me before, oh, it's too early to go to therapy. Well, it doesn't look good to to other people. If we're in therapy, it means something's wrong. No, it means, in my opinion, it means something's really right. Because you actually love that person enough. You care about that person enough. You want to invest in that relationship. Therapy is an investment in relationship. Well, yeah. And as you're talking about it, doing it early, that allows you the time to create new habits before you get into some really destructive ones and really unhealthy responses to each other. So, I mean, every time I've done therapy, I mean, the relationship has already been pretty much dead. And I think we were going in with our little defibrillator, trying to bring it back to life and then putting all our, all our money on this therapist to sort of save us from ourselves when, Mm -hmm. you know, the relationship was dead. As I mentioned before in watering the garden, I mean, literally plants dead. And I'm like, hello, I'm here with a watering can. It's too late. And, and again, if you, if you want to go to actual therapy, great. If you want to do other kinds of interventions, I know, um, one of the things that I really liked, and and while I'm not with that person anymore, the person that I did this with, so I can't attest to like, you know, it saved our relationship, but I do feel like it was a great program is something called marriage fitness. Uh, marriage fitness was, was great. It was, a, a like a workbook and audiobook series. So I listened to the audiobook and my partner at the time listened to the audiobook. And then we both downloaded, loaded the workbooks and we sat with each other and we basically, we did these worksheets and we had conversations and we wrote letters to ourselves and we set goals together and it helped us clarify a lot of things that we wanted to do moving forward. Now, I think we probably did it, you know, a little too late. Um, and so I might recommend even doing something like a marriage fitness and it's not a marriage. It's not marriage saving. It's not marriage recovery. It's marriage fitness. And in mm-hmm. order to stay fit, you, you know, you're already fit, right? The idea is, is that you stay fit. So do it when things are good and you can really, you know, outline the expectations you have for yourself and your hopes and dreams together. And I found that that was a really great therapeutic intervention. It didn't necessarily need a physical therapist there, but um, we had the guidance of the audiobook and the workbook that really, you know, kind of helped lay that out. Well, I think, you know, let's make an analogy here to, if I go to the gym once a month, I'm going to be miserable when I go to the gym. If I go to the gym four to five days a week, I'm, it's going to be a lot easier and I'm going to get stronger along the way, right? If I'm going to go and hike the Grand Canyon, then if I just go show up at the Grand Canyon and try and hike that very difficult hike, right? If I'm going to go down the river and come back up, it's going to practically kill me. I mean, we've heard stories. We're really into Grand Canyon hiking. If people didn't know that, um, of people almost getting divorced or people, there's people who died doing it because they weren't fit for that activity. And I don't see why relationships are any different, you know, put yep. in the work. And I didn't always understand that. So I am a hundred percent guilty of that, like of not understanding the work that goes into it. And that doesn't have to be a thing of misery. Oh, you're just nerds. You're sitting around doing marriage fitness. It should just be all about passion and romance, you know? (laughs) No, right. I mean, you have that, right? And I think that talking to someone actually deepens that. And, And you really need to figure out what do you want out of a relationship? Maybe you just want something that's, 
you know, not that deep. And that's totally fine as long as you both are on the same page. But that's not what I want. That's not what I'm looking for. And when I'm going forward in life, you know, I want a deep relationship. I want that relationship to be the one that I've always wanted. You know what I'm saying? Why I'm not going to settle for less and I'm not going to settle for, oh, we don't really need to talk about that stuff or that's not important or, oh, there must be something wrong with us if we're actually, you know, going to therapy. No, it's called like fitness. There's not something wrong with people who go to the gym. There's not something wrong with people who train for a big hike. They're smart. Right, right. And then we go back to this idea. It's an investment. And so we, you know, we learn individually about ourselves. We learn with our partners and we learn together if things are, you know, even before things get bad, we say that, but we can also learn when things are good. I mean, one of the things that I like, and we talk about it from a positivity perspective is assume the best of people, but also I always say, learn from your own best practices. So if we communicate really, really well, what is it about our communication that is really good between us? It's that we use I statements or Mm -hmm. we sit down and we talk, we never raise our voices, whatever it is. And then we remember that these things work for us. And then six months down the road, if something doesn't work well, we can go back to say, you know, when we were communicating really well, these are some of the things we did. Why don't we do them again? And then you're your own therapeutic intervention, basically modeling off of your own best practices. That is very smart. And I think that one thing that I really liked, I've heard that's kind of along those same lines is look every day I choose you. I want to be with you. I want to be with you and to tell that person, even when things are hard, because guess what? Everything's going to be hard eventually because life is like a series of waves that just come crashing down on you. And we can survive those waves if we know how to handle the impact. And I think a lot of people just, they have it. It is intention. There's nothing scary about intention. There's nothing bad about putting in the work, you know, relationships are work. They are work. Our friendships are work. Our love relationships are work. Our family relationships are work because this life is not easy. Well, and we have to learn about ourselves in order to stay afloat here. And the the more experiences we have and the more exploration we have, the more we understand who we are and what we're looking for and how we thrive in these relationships. So really kind of with that said, I mean, these are some of the ideas about how to, you know, how to grow individually and with your partner or with your future partner and, um, and, and really thrive in those, in those relationships and those interpersonal dynamics. I know as we're, as we're talking about these topics and they, they sort of all flow together, which is the beauty of them all. And in next, uh, podcast, we're going to actually be talking about letting go. Um, when to stay, when to go. And this would be, you know, our, our primary focus tends to often lean towards romantic relationships, but this is also really important for friendships. Um, you know, when, when is the time to sort of walk away and say, you know, I have invested in it, but it isn't a good fit. And when is the time to say, I'm going to fight for this. I'm going to stay. And so uh, that's what we're going to talk about next podcast. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much. And make sure to get out there and rock those relationships. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships.